You are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 33. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. I'm very happy to welcome Philippa Wright on the show today. Philippa is the founder and owner of Wright Wool, a wool brokering company she founded 15 years ago. This made Philippa the first and only female owner and operator wool broker in New Zealand. Philippa is also an executive member of the New Zealand Wool Broker Association and an active member of the National Council of New Zealand Wool Interests. In addition, she is also sitting on several working groups of the International Wool Textile Organization and represents New Zealand on the Global Campaign for Wool. Philippa, welcome to the show today. How are you, Philippa? Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Great. I'm It's very good and I'm pleased to be with you. Great. Yeah, and we just uh, already exchanged pleasantries about the weather. So while I'm yep. sweating here in Germany, Philippa is having three layers of wool on in New Zealand. <laughs> It's one of the big advantages of wool in New Zealand. We haven't got the homes heated to the extent that you Europeans have, so we have to wear it. Yeah, that's excellent. That's good for the wool industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's start with uh, our first question. And I would like to ask you to talk a little bit more about yourself and about your company, Right Wool. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I am a mother of two young adult children, uh, Nicholas and Rebecca, and I live with their father, Dean. Dean is a partner with me in my um, wool broking business. Um, however, he doesn't work in the business. He's a stock agent. He runs his own um, business. Um, I am an independent um, wool broker. And I have been in the wool industry for 40 years and have been running my own business for the last 20. Okay, I, I didn't even know that that your your partner was also involved with you. So that uh, shows again how many family businesses uh, there are as well. And give us a little bit more detail about the services that Right Wool offers and yeah. maybe explain what is exactly the value that you add to the wool supply chain. Yeah, well, as, a, as an independent wool broker, uh, 90% of the wool I sell goes through auction. And where my partner Dean comes in, he is our auctioneer. So we go to the New Zealand um, auction uh, group every week or fortnight, depending on the season and the flow of wool. And he sells wool, and we sell it on behalf of, of the wool growers. Um, right wool... Um, offers a service to those growers. We collect wool from their shed when they have finished um, shearing the sheep. Um, we have trucks. Um, we have knowledgeable staff that can uh, inform them on how best to prepare their wool. And when it comes in in bale form, we weigh and test every single bale and categorise it into saleable groups and sell it um, in our right wool catalogue um, to, you know, to the exporters, which then send it overseas. So mostly we're, we're a service of processing wool to, to the point of first sale. 
um, but also a lot of um, our work is in, is in education and information, feeding information to our growers, to our um, exporters. They, they um, want information from us about uh, how much wool is coming forward, what condition it's going to be in, whether it's um, second shear or full wool, whether there's lambs, hoggets, the different wool types, uh, and vice versa, the farmer wants to know always what the market is doing, how best to prepare it, how best to present it, what the, uh, what the exporters are actually looking for, and um, we talk to them about breeding of sheep, right through um, to to how often they should share it. So yeah, there's a lot of mostly information, education, and practical processing. And I think if I understand correctly, because you you some obviously sometimes one grower doesn't have enough wool of one kind, and then that is that also your expertise that you know which kind of wools you have to put together to make even like a better mixture. Yes. Yes, we work closely with the um, exporter. We know what wool types can or can't go together. We we get a lot of we've got a lot of small growers that send us in um, very small amounts. Up to uh, some farmers only deliver up to 60 bales a year, so they're not going to have big lines or big saleable lines. So say there might be four bales um, of from one farm, and we might have to put that together with another four or five farmers. We, we sometimes have to put group, we have to group walls from different farms together to make one saleable lot. Um, so we have to um, know our wall. I have eight staff and they are all trained wall classes. And um, a big part of their job, once the wall has been in and tested, is to, to actually physically look at that wall and grade it and work out um, what can and can't go together. And yeah, that's really interesting. And and how you say a saleable lot, what, how big is that then? What do I have to... Well, we prefer not to sell lines under four bales, which is a bale of wool is on average 165 kg. Um, so to make it worthwhile for the, for the buyer, um, we try to... We personally try to make lots of at least 15 bales or more, um, and we have a, a process where we, um, you know, develop um, and make sure that we we have a set of bins, um, or what we call probably the better word for you would be we group the wall <laughs> um, like with like, um, and um, and build it up. And when we get enough to make a, a line of say 15 bales, we we then test it. And, and and put it into a catalogue and sell it like that. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting because I never understood how that really works. But thanks for explaining that. <laughs> and maybe tell us also what would the typical day look like for you? Yeah, I, I, I saw that question when you sent these to me and I, I, I wondered what a typical day was. Um, I My business is in a small town called Waipukarau And that's actually an hour's drive from where I live. So three days a week I go to Waipukarau and I'm actually in the office and I deal with the staff. Um, we um, spend a lot of time discussing um, what, what we're expecting to happen. Um, our wall flow is, is 
very sporadic. It's all due, due to weather. We have two main shearing times, the um, winter and the summer, um, and in between we have lambs and hoggets. So it's, and then it's very much dictated by the weather. So we've just recently had three weeks of quite heavy rain and we're meant to be in, a, in the midst of our um, busy winter season. So the shearing has been delayed. So we spend a lot of time having to make sure that we're not um, missing out on business, that, that, that we have to understand if we're not busy, why we're not busy. So, so a lot of um, logistical um, conversations are had when I'm um, at the store. I seem to do a lot more these days on email. I do a lot of phone calls, a lot of gathering of information so I have the right information to give to my clients and to the um, buyers um, and just making sure that everybody's happy. Um, so, I, yeah, a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, a lot of staff work, um, not so much the practical as I used to. Um, I have, um, you know, very, very good, highly qualified staff that do do the actual practical work for me now. Um, and I'm, I'm also, in the latter years, become very involved in um, in industry good work, and that certainly takes up a fair bit of my time. Yes, I can imagine because yeah, as we mentioned in the beginning, you you sit on several associations on national and international levels so for sure that would yeah. be another additional email um, wave coming your way and tell me how did you actually get started in the wool business um, by accident pretty much um, I was working in the wool sheds after school uh, ready to go to college and um, suddenly realized I didn't want to become a teacher so I thought oh well what am I going to do so I decided to um, get a wool diploma learn how to class wool earn lots of money and all I really wanted to do was to go overseas again um, Anyway, as it turned out, I didn't get back overseas at that time. Um, I stayed in the wool business, and I have been there for the last 40 years. My father is a private wool buyer and a wool classer of fine wools in the South Island. Um, so I did work with him in the holidays, and uh, wool has been pretty much a part of my life since the day I was born. We were always very well versed in the attributes of wool. So um, it may have become part of my life more naturally than I'm aware of, but I didn't actually make a, a genuine first decision to work in the wool industry. That just kind of happened. That's okay, Philippa. <laughs> But, But it's certainly been worth it. Um, it was an interesting start. Um, and, I, and I love it now. I just yeah. love it. Wool, to me, wool is always, always worth the effort. Yeah. And tell me then, so you started uh, with classing wool, but how did you then come to the decision to start your own company? company yeah again that wasn't a direct decision from me um, I had been working um, I started off in the wool sheds um, and then I classed in the Mackenzie country fine walls and then I got a job in the North Island where I am now Hawke's Bay in a, um, a wool, as a wool broker and gradually worked my way up to be a representative for the company um, and then I was approached by 
um, a chap who who owned the business that I have now with his brother, and he wanted to um, sell his share of his business to me. He wanted to um, move on, and so it was quite a quite a genuine surprise. And I I can remember when he um, asked me to have lunch and talk about it, and I went home and I thought it was a real. I just I just came home to Dean and I said, well, you're not going to believe, and I thought it was a bit of a joke. But after talking to Dean and to our accountant, they very much persuaded me that it was something that I'd done all my life and that I should definitely take the opportunity. So really very nervously I did because I did not ever think ever that I would be um, controlling a wall store, but um, it's definitely been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, okay. In my working career. Yeah. So it seems uh, Wool kept crawling into your pathway and <laughs> not letting you. Yeah, yeah I, I can't get away from it. I wake <laughs> up to Wool. I've woken up to Wool every day. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of challenges did you then face when you started on your own with your company? Um, well, being in the wool industry has been a huge challenge for me right from the beginning. The first 15 years just um, becoming um, a part of it because there were not. Um, there, there are a lot of women in the industry, but they are mostly um, in the wool sheds and in the classing jobs. So when I first started, it was just um, a challenge to become a part of the, of the accepted scene. Um, and so it was a bit of a, I probably spent the first 15 years fighting to um, secure my position and the next 15 years was uh, working in this business as a, as a business owner and um, in a position of um, management and authority. So that again really was repeating that challenge just to be ex accepted. But I have to say that by that time, I was getting so much genuine support from my fellow colleagues, not just from the people that I was working with, but also people in opposition. People, um, I, I got a huge amount of support from the exporters and the buyers. Uh, and it was really, um, it was such, it was really exciting for me because you know, after after you felt you feel like you're fighting all the time, and then suddenly to have people actually work with you and to um, help you um, go forward, um, and I think that's why I genuinely enjoy now giving so much back to the um, industry because it, it's certainly given me a great life and an exciting one. Yes, and do you see today that there are more women in positions like you, or are you still kind of unique? The, the, the still, there's still no one really um, in, at the level that I'm at, but, but there's definitely, I have noticed in the last probably five years, there's definitely um, an introduction of a lot more women. Um, it's, it's difficult for them, but it's difficult for the men as well. The, the industry's got so much smaller that there's not actually a lot of positions available. But like a lot of agriculture, we are at the stage now where we've got too many people over 50 and certainly not enough people under. So one of the um, groups that I'm involved in is, is working in education and trying to introduce young people to the industry and, and encourage them 
and to make them understand that there is actually a genuine future in wool. It's not maybe the future that we had, um, but but that they we want to we're trying to bring in people that have got different qualifications, come from different backgrounds, not necessarily just farming or or country people, um, but people that have got um, degrees, um, people that um, that that. Uh, technically um, more savvy than what we ever were, uh, just just to try and bring in a different thought process because I think we are all very aware that the industry does have to keep looking outside of ourselves to create new ideas to make this industry um, work. Okay, that's, that's super interesting. Yeah, um, so on the one hand, you see more women coming in, but you're saying at the same time, there also needs to be more young people um, being motivated to enter the wool industry. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, 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 and I think, yeah, young people full stop we need more of and um, a lot of them can be and should be women. Um, but we have to give those people that reason to first step in and, and look, to, look to the wool industry as a possibility. Yeah, and maybe that leads to my next question that you are also quite active on Facebook. Right Wool has its own company profile page. And do you think that's also a way to to reach out to those younger people? Yeah, initially that is exactly why I um, started a Facebook. Um, it was to try, well, initially it was to try and get the young farmers um, because what's happening now, I've had clients that I've had for 25 years, so now I'm actually seeing that some of the farmers are the children that I first met when I started servicing these farms. And they're, they're obviously a lot younger than me. So I thought, well, okay, they, they think differently and they work differently. So I wanted to make that contact with them because a lot of the places the fathers still own the um, farms, but it's the young people that are running it. So I still have contact with the owners um, on a regular basis, but I wanted to um, start connecting with the younger people. So I thought Facebook could be could be one of those. Um, I did originally have somebody working on it full time, but um, she's recently left to have a baby. So we, we're just sort of um, playing around with how to re reboot our Facebook. But mainly we're just doing, um, it, I want it to stay as a friendly, casual, light um, uh, media platform to, to just get the, that original interest so that it's not, you know, all boring and work and, um, yeah, just, just to try and attract the younger ones. And did you see success with that? Did you then connect to these younger generations? Um, it's actually, it's well, first of all, I've mostly got my children and their friends, um, family and um, supporters are the biggest supporters. But I'm getting, it's quite interesting. I'm, I'm not actually getting, it, it's still quite hard to break into that farmer group, but I am getting overseas people that I've made contact with, younger people, um, especially I went to school when I was um, young in America for a year and I have a contact list with them and they have been quite active in it because they want to know about wool. They're quite fascinated because in America it's not, it's not an everyday thing like it is here in New Zealand 
And I've noticed that, um, for instance, when I did something on those wool shoes, they were fascinated by that and wanted to know, where do I get them? What are they? How can you have shoes that are made of wool? So so the interest is, is quite varied and different at times. Whenever I have, on the other hand, whenever I have a little um, a young person come in with their pet sheep to sell it, we usually take a photo of them um, getting their first wool check. And um, those sort of pictures go viral straight away because it's always so cute seeing little little children. But but I like to think that we're introducing those those little people to to wool and to the industry and 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 um, making it a special moment for them. So yeah, it's something that'll it'll just keep growing. I don't understand social media that well, so I have to work with people that do, but I'm, I'm trying to encourage my staff to become more involved with that as well, and I'm hoping that they might um, develop it more, because they're, they're certainly a bit younger than me, and a bit more savvy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's great that you're experimenting with the platform and kind of trying to find, on the one hand, your voice, and on the other hand, your audience, and... Yeah, just ex yeah. I think that's the thing to do to experiment what works well and and what doesn't, and that's yeah. it. No, it is. It's been really interesting. It has. Yeah, yeah, and it. I mean, it is such a easy way to just push information out there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do try to get information, but it's another. It, it, the other great thing about it is it's a great way to celebrate anything that your own staff do and um, if they achieve something even outside of work you can put it on and recognize them um, you can um, celebrate um, your clients successes uh, it's, it's just a, an informal but 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 it's a lovely gesture and um, and it's fun you know it's not it's not serious it's not um, Yeah, it adds, it adds like another dimension to the relationship that you have with your, your customers. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and builds, and I guess it also in a way builds your relationship and engagement with them. Even though you can't visit them all the time or be on the phone with them all the time. Yeah, it just yeah, adds another yeah. Bond. Well, people are so much busier now. Like we, when I first started, um, my one of my jobs was just to go around visiting farmers every day, all day. Well, the farmers haven't got time. You know, we used to go and have a cup of tea and, and something to eat and a lovely chat, and, and I loved that. It was great. You know, it was, um, you know, I got to know a lot of people and I developed some very, very strong relationships, which I still have now, and uh, they're some of my um, most loyal and um, long um, clients. But nowadays, everyone's busier. Um, there's a lot less people working um You know, um, so so we have to be more efficient with the way that we connect with each other, and we have to be um, more. Um, it has to be more fun, and it has to be more inviting, and um, so that they actually want to look for it, they want to read it, they want to find it out. Um, but we all, you know, it, 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 we've just got to be more creative in the way that we keep that contact with each other. Yeah, and I I agree. I think that's really wise of you to 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 see it that way and just embrace what's possible with technology today. <laughs> and mm. another thing I noticed uh, in on your website is that you also recently developed your own quality assurance program. What is that mm. exactly? Well, I guess with all my latest visits to um, IWTO. Um, 
the environment, sustainability, um, traceability has become, it's become very evident that that's the way of the world. And I thought rather than wait for us to be told what we had to do, I thought we could be a bit more creative than that. And we, de we developed our own quality um, best practice program which my clients have signed up to and it, it, it's, um, it, it's not difficult for us here in New Zealand to sign up to best practice because we are already very much um, part of our government sets rules and regulations on how um, we um, should or shouldn't handle animals. Um, so, so we developed our own one um, working along with those um, primary industry rules and regulations and we we uh, got our clients to read them and they sign up to it um, and it and it's become I do a little bit of work um, in America and I have um, some more going there and it's one of the main things that they ask what are the what is the how do you treat your animal are your sheep happy so to me, it was it was like a certificate to say yes, we've got happy sheep, and we can prove that um, we are able to, you know, we're able to provide evidence of that. The farmers are really keen to to do it because they know how well they treat their animal, and they want to be known for that, and um, and they want that respect um, from from the farm right through to to the manufacturer. Do you also work with the manufacturer? Um, because often oh. the problem is that in the manufacturing process, the trail might get lost. Is there a way yes, for you to yes, track yeah. that? No, no. I'm, on the whole, as I said, most of my wool goes through auction. So um, once it leaves the um, wool store or the, or the wool scour, once it's been washed, we, lo we lose ownership. So, so I don't um, deal with, the manufacturer to that extent but I do do a small amount of business direct in America and I have recently done a um, very small amount to a woman in Thailand who makes exquisite Christmas decorations and one of her decorations is actually Father Christmas's where she has um, she uses New Zealand wool to make the Father Christmas beard <laughs> and she came to me directly because she had heard about my quality program because she wanted to ensure that she was creating an ethically friendly Father Christmas. And um, that was a big part of her coming to me because she saw that program on my website. And um, if, uh, she, she um, now gets a small amount of wool from us direct every year to, to create these um, Christmas beards, which is a bit exciting. <laughs> I love not, that story. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah. I'll, send you, I'll actually, I'll actually send you a photo of one because they're amazing. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other, I also provide some wool to a New Zealand manufacturer who does duvet inners, and they also approached me because they saw the program that I had, and they. They definitely wanted to and to be able to be part of their marketing that, that we have happy sheep. They have been to my wool store. We have taken them to the farm where the wool comes from. They've met the farmer. They've seen the sheep in the yards. Um, and they've, you know, they're really excited about these sheep that roam around these beautiful green hills. 
and it's going to be a big part of their um, end, you know, their selling um, program. Um, and the there is wool that the wool that I send to America comes from a, a, a very big farm, and again, it's all part of that that story from farm to to end product. Oh, that sounds really I, cool. I think it's definitely just going to happen more and more. At the moment, I mean, I'm a very small company, so I'm only doing it in a very, very small scale. But I, I think in the future, it's definitely how it's going to have to be. We're going to have to adjust our um, systems to, to, to fit into that requirement. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's good that you're already getting a head start. On, I mean, there's also probably lots of cur learning curves that you're going through. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it, it's created. I mean, you always have to have new challenges, and this has definitely been a challenge for us because we're sort of starting from scratch, but it's really exciting, and it gives, you know, like, as I was saying, though, the people come and see our farms, and they're really excited about that, but it's also really exciting for my staff to actually know that the farms they go to, the wool they pick up, the, 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 the process that they put it through, there's, there's actually an end story to that, so it's it's absolutely a win-win. Everybody everybody gets something out of it. Yeah, and that that relates to the podcast guest we had on the show that launched yesterday, um, a German guy called Jonas Sanders, and he went to visit New Zealand. And after his visit and seeing wool production and seeing the New Zealand people wearing wool, he actually decided to open his own merino wool only shop in Berlin where he sells 12 brands um, only of merino wool and that kind of resonates with, with what you said earlier that your yeah. customers come to visit you and they look at, at the farms and I think that mm. experience is actually quite vital in building up those customer relationships on the far end of the supply chain. Oh, it is. It is, yes. Yeah. And it's and it's an exciting um, new addition to the industry. It's it's um, you know it, it, as I said that it, it does create a lot of challenges and and everybody's trying to, to to do it. But but it'll be worth it. It's um, you know just even I think of myself when I go shopping now. I do actually want to know where things come from and I want to know how they're made and I want to know where they're grown and I want to know the story and. Um, You know, like I often think even when you go into a vegetable shop and you're looking for apples, often you're swayed by the story because you know he's from um, Joe Blog down the road who's got six kids and they've all been working together and done it. You know, it's it's just that story. It's the connectedness. Um, I think we're all starting to think think a lot more like that. Yeah, no. Well, and that's a really great point to to stop and um, let you go into your deserved evening and I, I just want to ask you like if people want to find out more about you and your business where should they go and for more information I, I think I, I thought I saw that question too and I thought I think really the best way to connect with um, my business is to go to my website at um, www.rightwall.co.nz and that gives you um, an initial introduction to what we do and also our contacts um, 
Yeah, but, but most of my work is done just through um, phone calls. So yeah, no, yeah. and I, I like your website, and you you can actually see all your staff members, and um, there's lots yeah. of information that you provide there, and obviously also the link to your Facebook page if people want to like your page and connect with you there. Yes, oh, I just want everybody who's listening to like, write, wall. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll put a link in the show notes. And, to the, and then I can go down in history as being the most popular wall broker Facebook. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Philippa, for your time. And I thought it was really interesting. You have really um, great views on, on the business. And I wish you much success on how for your business going forward. Thank you very much. And I'll continue to uh, go out and warm and protect the world with wool. Yes, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode with Philippa Wright of Wright Woods in New Zealand. All the links mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 033. If you are curious what the father Christmas figure with the New Zealand wool beard looks like, you can find a picture in the show notes. The figure really looks amazing, so I encourage you to have a look at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 033. I would also love to hear what you think of the show or if there are any questions you would like me to ask my guests in the future. You can email me at hello at woolacademy.com or leave a comment underneath the show notes. I would really love to hear from you. Also, make sure to connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram, which is where I share other useful wool-related content. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Talk to you next week and bye for now.